This is a crowd podcast. You're listening to Fucks Given, the one with Zach Zane. Hello, curious fuck off. Hello, hello, Florence. Back from your festivities. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh my God, I went to the... I'm actually just like, I'm so tired. Yeah. It's like the second day back, but I don't even know. I don't know if I'm tired from the festival. I think I'm just tired from getting my second vaccine right now. Yeah, we're vaccine sisters. I got mine yesterday as well. I think mine's hit me less because I've actually had COVID. I don't know if that plays a part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got no idea, Potentially. Really. I think I've just got, a f- like, I think today for me is like a lot of things all yeah. compiled. All at so once. So I think it's like the festival blues slash like tired from all the activity at the festival. <laughs> Activities. And then also like being slammed with a lot of like heartbreaking feelings again. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's relentless. <laughs> Why doesn't it not let you leave? So how was the festival? Was it okay? Why were there heartbreak feels? Oh, well, the festival, I was I was very anxious about the festival because, yeah. as you know, my ex was going to be there. And also it was my first ever festival. Um, ever. But to be honest, like ever, 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 <laughs> the grand old age of 30. <laughs> um, but I feel like I've waited for the perfect time and opportunity to go to a festival because I think I'm like in the right place. Yeah, you've got to be ready with for myself. Festival. Loads of people like get dragged along with their friends and they're just a bit like, you know, it's overwhelming, yeah. it's exhausting. And if your mental health is in, in the right place, mm. and festivals can be like too much. I've been to so many festivals where I'm like, fucking wish I didn't go. Yeah, exactly. But I actually had the best time and it was just what I needed after COVID and like lockdown and all those things. Like to be in a space with so many people experiencing so much like joy, love and happiness and like freedom as well. Um, And just get to enjoy like music and friends. And I met so many amazing people when I was there. Like it when I came back, I sent you a voice note, didn't I? And I was just like <laughs> buzzing. You were buzzing yeah. I was just like, I was like, my heart, it's so full of love. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, I just, I did feel really good. There was, you know, there were trials and tribulations as well. Mm-hmm. So on Friday night, basically, it got, saw, saw my ex very briefly as he was coming into the festival. For some reason, like, timing wise it was just he was just and he was just like oh I'm seeing you already like (laughs) this is how it's gonna be (laughs) and then on Friday I just you know as you do first I'm very excited got very 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 drunk because we started drinking at like 12 or something and then by the end of the evening wasted Mm -hmm. would have been fine if I hadn't of then like I was at the main stage and I'd I saw one of my like old school friends actually no one of my old family friends and I was chilling with them and their new girlfriend and suddenly who like walks up next to me to start listening to the music right next to me quarantine bay and his brother and I was like (laughs) I was like Oh my god, this is great. That's like the weird science with festivals. It's like it you literally bump into everyone you know. It's so weird. Yeah. Just, oh my god. Like and I bumped into your boyfriend. Yeah. Well, okay, we're not, not boyfriend. Well, hold but. up. Hold up, whoa now. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Um speaking of which, I actually wanted to bring this topic up on the on the podcast because we had a chat recently um about like what what we're doing next like i i am confused with why is there not a perfect or correct term for like someone more than seeing and like i don't want to be boyfriend and girlfriend like i i'm not okay with that term just because of like you know like the tradition and the patriarchy and like what people think boyfriend Mm. and girlfriend means and what it means for the future basically as soon as you start saying boyfriend and girlfriend it's immediately like oh well you know this is you're settling down and this is it now and like what what, like have you and there's this weird idea of like and I'm sure loads of people throughout the situationship 
series where they're seeing somebody but they don't want to yeah. be boyfriend and girlfriend and then there's a load of judgment as well from that side being like oh my god you've been seeing each other for a year like why aren't you boyfriend and girlfriend you should be boyfriend and girlfriend you basically are boyfriend and girlfriend like yeah so like that's what we are we're not doing anything different I just don't want that fucking label I think that's what me and Quarantine Bay struggled with like yeah. a lot throughout the whole relationship and the labels were like a big, big pressure. But yeah, you're totally right. It's a really tricky um, situation because as soon as you put the labels on, it does suddenly become like more than just a casual relationship. It becomes, but it shouldn't be really. Like, I don't be. think boyfriend and girlfriend should mean that. No. I think when you start saying life partner, then yeah, that's what that means. Yeah, or even just partner. But boyfriend and girlfriend, even one just partner. I don't know. If it, one, it feels very like teenage to me. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, boyfriend and girlfriend, even though that's like a lot of what people who are single yeah. strive to have. And even the term mm. situationship, I find like, again, has negative stigma around it. Definitely negative. Definitely negative. I don't want to yeah. be forced into a situation where I have to be boyfriend and girlfriend because of what society thinks or because of what other people think. And I mean, yeah. like, what would it change? Your lover. And it doesn't mean- It wouldn't that, like, change oh. anything. Yeah. yeah. That's, I guess that's the thing. And that's why I ended up being boyfriend, girlfriend with my ex, because we kind of got to a point where we had been in that situation for so long that it was mm. just like, well, the best way to describe you is my boyfriend. Yeah. I just need another descriptive word. And there isn't one. We'll think on that. Yeah. We'll think on that. We'll have to come back to it. So yeah, that's that was, yeah. that was exciting. Things are very cute on my yeah. side, which is nice. Yeah. Sex is yeah, he cute. was lovely. I couldn't believe like it was like one of the first people that I bumped bumped into. <laughs> and he was like friends with my friend's friend. So it all like linked up and I was just so like, incestuous love. So uh, incestuous. That's I I see I really love that. Like I, I I think it should just be like a nice moment of like meeting each other and yeah um, especially at it a was festival. lovely yeah that's good yeah really. that's really nice because of course i want you, you want everyone to like the person you're seeing mm-hmm yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i approved i approved oh nice the florence seal of approval <laughs> ding <laughs> yeah it just uh that festival as well like you you see all the pictures coming back from the festival you're like mm-hmm. i want to be in a festival immediately so yeah yeah you're gonna be back there you're gonna be back there so oh yeah yeah i've got like right um Oh yeah, a day festival, field day. Um, yeah, it's gonna yeah. be man. I'm fucking can't wait. Yeah. see bicep. <gasps> Woo! Noise. Noise. Okay, back to the story. I bumped into Quarantine Bay, and I was so drunk, and I was oh, like shit. trying to hold his hand. <laughs> oh no! And like, apparently, I was like trying to like talk about like the relationship stuff, <laughs> and he was just there like trying to listen to the music. Like it was one of his mates playing as well, and I was just oh, like shit. really, really distracting him. Oh, and then fuck. basically, it got down to a, and I was like in this like weird like drunk space and I was like oh my god like, I don't even recognize you right now like what are you like who is this person that I'm talking to because he put up like because I freaked him out so much because he was just like Florence like you're so drunk I don't know what to do like I, I actually don't know what to do and because he's really hurting to do the breakup as well like he just he was just like, I don't know whether like whether I was like supposed to look after you and he was just like I just this is what I didn't want to happen yeah. at the festival obviously it happened <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, he decided very rightfully that he was going to remove himself from the situation. But that left me like in my drunken state, like sad in. and alone. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Like I just started flooding with tears and I like left my friends, like wandered off by myself and like sat on this <laughs> little hill, like in a little like space where there wasn't that many people. And I just like sat like with my knee, like my hand, with my hands like on my face and like just sobbing like oh, so babe. much. And I had like, you know, and like people at the festivals are so nice. I had yeah. so many people like coming up to me just being like, oh babe, like what's wrong? Like this and that, like just like, and they were like looking after me. I look, get, here's my number. Like if you want to come and hang, hang out with us at the campsite, oh, so like just give us a text. And like these two boys came up to me as well. And they were like, they were like, don't cry. Like don't cry, cry about a guy. Like you're so hot, oh. you're so hot. You don't deserve to be crying. Oh, like so you're just so hot. You're going to be okay. And I- like, <laughs> 
<laughs> thing is, it's with alcohol, right? No, once like, the water no, works, be okay. <laughs> I won't be okay. I swear, I once once the like waterworks start start with alcohol, when you're at that level of drunk, that you mm-hmm. just they are non-stoppable. It oh, just, they won't stop. I, yeah, they won't stop. And then I like wandered off, and I was like trying to fa- find my friend that I came with. Um, and then this girl um, who I'd like previously met um, on like route in the artist crew camping bit, um, she like, they saw me, her and her girlfriend saw me like wandering around. They were like, oh, like what's wrong? Like, well, obviously because I was crying on the mess. <laughs> and then, what's up? And she like basically like was my guardian angel, took me under her wing, like took me to the roller disco to um, like dance my feels away and like Aww. made sure that I was okay and like with people. Um, and then, yeah, and then I just, you know, at the, at the, it got to a point where I was just like, I need to put myself to bed. Yeah, yeah. Need to put like, myself to bed. Gone past that point. Wake up fresh the next yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> woke up definitely not fresh the next day. <laughs> oh, Worst yeah, sure. hangover in the world. Shit. But then I was just like, look, I was on a mission the next day to talk to my ex and like basically put everything like just be like oh my god I am so sorry for putting you in that situation Mm -hmm. it was not okay like I was wasted that's not an excuse like just let's please put this behind us and we had a really really good chat um and we were able to like kind of like hang out the rest of the festival and like not like continuously but Mm -hmm. like it was it was fine for the rest of the festival. Like after that night, I kind of decided that I was going to stay sober for the rest of the festival as well yeah. because I was like the first night I was like I didn't get to enjoy any of the music because I was too drunk, mm-hmm. um, and it was really nice like being like properly sober at a festival, and it was amazing. Like saw loads of really great music, and yeah, and then just like met so many great people, just so much love, so much joy. Um, and then, yeah, there were there was like a sad moment on the, like just before we were all leaving where I was with my ex again and then it suddenly just hit me. Mm. That I was just like, oh fuck, mm-hmm. like this isn't the same anymore. Like we can't, and like we're gonna do this like silence thing where we're gonna give each other more space to like properly recover. And I think it just hit me because I was just like, it's so nice hanging out with him. Yeah, it's tough. It's gonna be really good for you though. Good for the healing process. And you will have moments mm. of like where it comes flooding back and you'll be upset and pissed off at the fact that you still feel mm. emotional about it. Cause you're like, why can't I be free yet? But that's, that's how we process emotion. Yeah. There's a lot of that feeling just like, I just don't want to feel this anymore. But at the same yeah. time, it's like, but I know why I'm feeling this because like there was just so much love and I like, mm-hmm. we still love each other so much. And it's just like the weirdest, conf- most confusing breakup in the world. Yeah. Is I swear breakups are never easy. They they are complicated. Even when you think they're easy, they still come back to bite you, to be complicated at some point. Ding, mm-hmm. Thomas and I. <laughs> exactly like you thought you were totally okay and then suddenly it was like out of the blue like months and months later and it was like oh what Mm. (laughs) excuse me yeah it was um yeah yeah. but we're i think we're doing really we're doing really good at the moment exchanging the odd message just being like yeah nice healthy happy plus he still he still works for us he's still our graphic designer yes which is is really nice he could have pulled out immediately and been like fuck this shit yeah i'm so Um, glad that he didn't yeah so glad we need him (laughs) jesus christ um how do you feel now after the festival? Because it's been two days since you've been home. Massive festival blues, man. Like it was just so happy. So like, I just miss like that energy. Um, and I just, I miss Quarantine Bay like a lot. So I've just been crying like spontaneously for the last two days. There was lots of good stuff that you said about the festival. Like so many people came up to you and recognised oh. you from the podcast, from yes. Come Curious, which is so hard. Oh my gosh, shout out to yeah. all the people that came up to me and recognised me and were like, we love your podcast. I like, I was shook at how many people recognised me. Right. And it just, it made, it made me feel so like warm and fuzzy and happy that like, I, and everyone was so nice. Like yeah. the curious fuckers are literally the best people in the world. So like lovely. you are all the best people. Like I, I, I have so much love for every single one of you because I, 
I just feel so warm that we've created such like amazing like a community of such like amazing people yeah because a lot of a lot of what we do is all online so yes we get views and followers but in our minds that doesn't really equate to real people it's only when people are recognizing you that you're like yeah holy fucking shit like a lot of people know who we are which is just so lovely especially if people come up to us like we had that meeting with our manager where we sat and had lunch and like what it was like two people that came up to us and it was just honestly it's like the best feeling so if you if anyone ever sees us please come say hi even if we look like we're having a bad day because it will make make our day it will make us better yeah yeah we'll be like oh yeah yeah so yeah to to go back because i realized talking about the whole boyfriend girlfriend thing i sounded really angry and i i am angry but i'm not angry at sam bless him i'm angry at society and and the way that we sort of like put the relationship stuff on a pedestal can't you take ownership over like being in a relationship and being boyfriend and girlfriend like can't you be like these are my rules of being a boyfriend and girlfriend and if someone ever says anything you're like no actually that's not what it means to us see i know i can but it's not me that might have a problem with it you know like it's it's a very hard thing mm. for a lot of people to understand especially men because that's difficult you know like actually especially women yeah. especially when one person wants the idea of boyfriend girlfriend or being in a relationship and the other person is just like I just it's hard to explain why I don't even want the title but because we have had nice moments recently where I I turned up at his and I was like I've got something to tell you yeah I'm like fully catching feels for you and this feels really nice you don't have to feel the same way but like I'm just gonna sit and relish in this feeling and he was like so excited and lovely back and also he said also he said the same thing and that could be why the whole boyfriend girlfriend thing came up because I was very clear about my feelings like I still am under the impression that you can see each other for years that you can fall in love you can have kids without like getting married and being boyfriend and girlfriend like we forget that it's our relationship and we make the rules but I know it's it's easy for us really a lot of people just don't understand and we're in a space where we can talk about things and understand things especially where I've come from a non-monogamous relationship where I've already been in a boyfriend girlfriend situation for seven fucking years and when I think about boyfriend and girlfriend I'm already scared of the term like I already I associate that term Mm. with like all the bad things that we went through like um, all the arguments and the the bad feelings and the like the not sleeping next to each other and Oh, like the sexless relationship. And that's that's what I've like associated with that sort of term. Of course, that's not true because we know that we we make our own rules. But like, how can I, I can make that rule easily. I feel comfortable and confident making that rule. But I I don't know if, if anyone else can do that. It's not fair of me to assume that that he can turn around and be like, yeah, you're right. Like, let's not be boyfriend and girlfriend, but let's do everything that a boyfriend and girlfriend would do. And then all of his mates and all of his family just constantly asking him and and judging him about it. Like, I feel confident being like, yeah, man, like it is what it is. Like, I, I have the tools to be able to communicate that. But then, obviously, some people don't have the fucking tools because they haven't been fucking taught. Oh, why is it so hard, man? I just want, like, great <laughs> sex and feels and I don't want the maybe, fucking labels. Maybe Zach will know. Zach, <laughs> Zach has just joined Zach. us. Hi. <laughs> hey, how are you guys doing? Yeah, doing really good. This is good. such a cool, like, natural, like, introduction into the podcast. It's hey, quite funny. Because we were just, nice. like, we were just taking a little bit of a long time with our introduction. We were. Because there was a lot to talk about. But... Reed was just talking about how she feels about um, like the status of being boyfriend and girlfriend and how like there's so much negativity associated with those words um, for her. And like wh- what, how, how do you deal with like how society like portrays like a relationship like that? It's a hard one. Um, okay, we're, get- we're getting right to it here. Uh- <laughs> Sure. So you kind of have this negative connotation associated with boyfriend and girlfriend, you're saying? Uh, I mean, I do at the moment. Yeah, it just Mm. like already I'm already just like, I don't don't like it. So where do you think that comes from? Yeah, it's a good question. It'd probably be from my last relationship. And the idea of of like monogamy is something I don't want. And I feel like boyfriend and girlfriend has to be monogamous. Of course, I know that's not true. But that's just like what's buried in my head. I think that's kind of the joy of the term partners, right? Like, and why people use it. And even, like, and I remember initially when, like, 
straight people who are in the opposite sex relationship started saying partners, I'm like, this is bullshit. As, as someone who's a queer man, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, this is my boyfriend. This is my partner. Like, and I understand it's like an act of solidarity. But as the more I think about it, it's more that the term partners doesn't have these negative connotations. It doesn't mm-hmm. have this idea of oh, we need to be monogamous. Of course, you don't need to be monogamous when you're both a boyfriend and a girlfriend, as you said, but it's still, it still has that connotation associated with it, which is why perhaps just using the word partners is something that's more apt for you because you feel like it's free from those heteronormative scripts. Yeah, I feel like there just isn't a correct term from between we're seeing each other to boyfriend and girlfriend. I feel like partner's a little bit too far. You know, partner's like... It sounds like lifetime partner, someone that you're settled down with, someone that you're living with. Like I need that I need that term in between seeing and boyfriend and girlfriend. I think it's a big step. I think it's a really big step to take. It's like, too big. Those words. It's too big, yeah. man. <laughs> but maybe it shouldn't be seen in that way. But anyway, I feel like it's a conversation that we can come continue. back to. Yeah, yeah, we'll come back. <laughs> Right, curious fuckers, let's properly introduce our guest, Zach, as well. Hi, Zach. Thank you so much for coming on. Sorry for, like, jumping in into the deep end right there. Hey. No, fine. Let, let's do it. Amazing. <laughs> well, while we're here, can you tell our curious fuckers a bit about yourself? Uh, sure. So my name is Zachary Zane. I'm a sex and relationship columnist. I uh, actually have a forthcoming book, which is Men's Health, Best Sex Ever. So it's the Men's Health uh, Sex and Relationship book there. Um, but yeah, so I have a column at Men's Health called Sexplain It. It's a sex and relationship advice column. I have a column at Queer Majority called Zach in the City. I've also written for like oh, New nice. York Times, Washington Post, GQ, Rolling Stone, a bunch of other places. And I just started uh, this digital zine called Boy Slut. And what it is, Amazing. it's uh, stories of like nonfiction erotica. So things that actually oh, had sweet. happened to you. And the idea behind it oh where it's God, not just yes. like hot, smutty stuff. Like I wanted to speak to something larger about sex and society or something that you learned about yourself or your identity. So it's a good combination of like, you know, sexy writing that will definitely get you, you know, hard and turned on and all that stuff. But also it's like, hey, you might learn something about yourself along the way. So it's uh, that's been a really fun uh, project that I've been working on for the past like year now. That all sounds so cool. So you're basically like the male bi version of Carrie from Sex and the City. Oh, if I had a nickel. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> had to throw that in there. Also, your Instagram is spicy <laughs> oh my goodness you gotta Lord give the people mercy. what they want uh i think there are some people who follow me for my writing and then i think a lot of people who follow me for my body and i'm okay with either as long as you follow me. <laughs> yeah both yeah it's like yes yeah, fetishize me oh, you have my consent absolutely <laughs> me we don't have enough um, men out there, I think, talking about sex. Like, I've always feel like it's always been a very female-led realm. Um, I don't even know why that's happened, but I, I just think it's so amazing what you're doing and, like, actually being there, like, as a male voice when it comes to sex as, ad, advice as well. Um, how did you get into it? So I started writing in 2015, Uh, I was actually at Harvard Medical Center working as a smoking cessation researcher and counselor. So figuring out the best way to get people to quit smoking cigarettes. I thought I was going to get a PhD in clinical psych. I took the GRE. I took the subject test, had my letters of rec, wrote the essays. and was like, I hate academia. I hate these people. They are cutthroat. They are nasty. They will steal your work (laughs) for this this. seemingly altruistic profession. They fucking suck. So I like had a panic attack. I started writing. Mm -hmm. Ended up writing this novel. And uh, I learned that in order to, uh, you know, get an agent, you had to, like, have written for other places. So I started writing for other places, and I wrote a piece for XO Jane when they had the It Happened to Me vertical from a while ago, which was just such a funny, such a funny thing, because, like, people would share, like, their craziest, darkest desires and be like, I uh, had an abortion, used the fetus to, like, strangle my husband, and I regret nothing, and they'd give you, like, $50, that I don't think anyone ever saw. Like, it was just, like, the commodification (laughs) and, like, fetishization of, like, first-person oversharing identity essays. Um, But, uh, yeah, so I wrote a piece that was, I came out as bi and now can't date anyone gay or straight. And it was about my experience of how difficult it was for me to embrace my bi identity. And then when I finally came out as bi, I thought kind of the world would be my oyster. Mm. I could date men, I could Mm. date women, I can date non-binary people. 
And instead what happened is women wouldn't date me because they would be like, oh, you're secretly gay. I'm aff- Or they're insecure. I'm afraid you're going to leave me for a man. There's more competition. Yeah. And then the for gay men were sake. just incredibly condescending. They'd be like, oh, honey, I was, I was by two. You'll get there. And I'm like, <laughs> well, fuck you. I don't want to date you. Um, so all yeah. of a sudden I thought I'd have these a uh, ton of <laughs> options. And I went to having zero <laughs> options. And ended up uh, falling in love with this bi woman. And I just felt so unconditionally loved and accepted. And it was, it's just such an incredible feeling. And obviously now my boyfriend is gay. I haven't only dated bi people since then. But for what it's worth, I have not dated a straight woman, uh, I think, since then. I've, I, every woman I've dated has been bi. There are a lot of stereotypes, I think. And you, yeah, you just started talking about them. I guess it, maybe, it reminds me of... Um, I don't know if you watched that Love at First Sight program that was on Netflix. I did. And I watched there was the first a, season, yeah. The, the bi guy on that, and then when he finally told the girl that he was seeing, like her reaction was like exactly why I guess bi men don't want to date straight women. It's it, it, He handled it poorly. She handled it poorly. I, I think he yeah. was so just expecting such a crummy mm. response that any... Because her response initially was just like, hey, I wish you had told me this. I feel like you lied to me, especially like that's something you do tell someone before you get engaged. Uh, (laughs) You know, I understand that this was expedited via the process of the show Mm -hmm. here. But initially she was like, I just need some time to kind of deal with it. And it seemed like she was okay with it, but he had already just internalized it as rejection. So then he started being the asshole. Um, So it was just like, it was just sad kind of all around. I think he was just so insecure with his identity and just expected this response. It became almost the self-fulfilling prophecy of him pushing her away when she was just like, hey, I feel lied to because she he did kind of lie to her. Um, I yeah, need some did. time. And then it just it kind of exploded. It, it was just a really sad and honestly honest depiction of how the male bisexuality often manifests. Which is why it's so important for you to have your voice out there. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and talking about biphobia, because that is, people don't really, it's not really seen as like, as big as homophobia, which is such a shame because you're, you're getting it from all angles and there is still such a lack of acceptance. Why is there this huge lack of acceptance from all sexualities? I, I think it forces people to recognize that the world is not black and white. And I think when there's this level of fluidity and this openness, it it makes it really difficult for people to understand that. I think gay people often don't like bi people because they feel like you're not a member of the community. If you end up as, if I end up in a relationship with a woman, I have, you know, passing privilege and therefore I'm not a part of the gay community. I know that if I walk down the street holding hands with my girlfriend, I'm not going to get mugged versus when I walk down the street holding hands with my boyfriend, I have been attempted to be mugged just for being gay. And it's just like walking out the door. So it's like, you you don't experience this. So why are you a part of our community? And to which I always say, like, if being queer or being gay or bi means that you have to experience trauma and you have to experience discrimination in order to validate your sexuality, that's wildly fucked up. And that speaks that, that that is not the that is not what it means to be queer. It does not mean to experience trauma or discrimination. Uh, what it means to be queer is to be romantically or sexually attracted to people of you know different genders. Here, so I think that's often a lot of what it is. Like they don't feel like we're truly a part of the community because we don't experience the same uh, discrimination. And then straight people, I honestly think like you know it's a lot of homophobia goes into biphobia as well. I also think a lot of straight people honestly are a little bi. And I think they don't like that. And I think it really fucking scares them because, you know, bi is not being 50-50. I think there are a lot of straight men who probably have a little bit of an attraction to other men. And it's like, oh, shit, they don't want to engage with that. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to do it. And besides, most of their attractions to women anyway, so they can hide this element of themselves. And it kind of forces them to be like, ah, fuck, I might actually like some dudes too. So I think it's a lot of internalized biphobia as well as a large contributor to this. Yeah, it's, it is confusing. Re, you, you talk about imposter syndrome and being pansexual quite a lot, like dating yeah. dating men and being pansexual. And I think I've experienced this as well. Like I've, I've mostly um, been straight, I guess, most of my life. But then I have mm-hmm. moments where I'm like, oh, actually. Uh, and then I start identifying as fluid because I do have attraction to women sometimes, but there's such like an internalized, like, 
oh no 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 you can't you know you're not part of that community like you can't be like and I don't even know how to deal with those feelings most of the time myself so I I literally wrote an op-ed for the New York Times on this like a month ago uh, and it was, I think it was called like, yes, you are by enough or for whoever needs to hear this, you are, you are by enough. And I spoke about like specifically women in relationships with men who don't feel like they are members of the queer community, uh, and don't feel like they are allowed to be part of the queer community. And me being like, Hey, we, we want you and we need you. We need you as more than an ally. You are part of this community. We want you to support us. We want you to fight for us. We want you to give us money. You know what I mean? You want us to like to these organizations and I was really more asking other gay people and other bi people to not be these gatekeepers. It's like, yes, bisexuality means you like men, women, and various genders too. If you end up with like, if you think ending up with a man and you're a woman means you're not bi, then you clearly don't fucking understand what bisexuality means. <laughs> like, right. that's exactly what it fucking means. But it was yeah. specifically yeah. encouraging predominantly women in opposite sex relationships who are bi to embrace it. And then be part of this community because we need you. Because we feel, especially the bi community, we feel so isolated. We feel so alone. We feel like we don't deserve to be here. And there is powers and numbers. So I really was encouraging um, kind of both of your uh, experiences to really embrace being bi. And when I say bi, read, like me for bisexuality Mm -hmm. means I'm attracted to all genders. It's not like perpetuating a binary. It doesn't mean it's exclusive of non-binary people. I was just about to say like that, like pansexuality and bisexuality are pretty much the same thing. It's just you get to choose what label you feel fits right to you. It's obviously not to the T, the definition. There is still a slight difference, but it really is just down to what, what feels right for you. Pansexual felt right for me. For yeah, sure. no, and I'm me, I, I say bi. I remember one time mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you're being bi, that's transphobic. And I was like... What? I'm like, hey, yeah, I've I date, heard that so many times. I I've heard that about pansexuality. Be, I'm like, you're the one being transphobic. Because of anything, being bi and you're saying it perpetuates a binary, that would mean men and women. <laughs> so you're not even considering trans women to be women. If you want to make this argument, the argument would be it is not ex- inclusive <laughs> of non-binary people. But if you're saying it's not inclusive of trans people, then you're the fucking one being transphobic. But also what I find so ridiculous about this is like bi people are the ones who do date non-binary people and trans people. Like we do it at Mm -hmm. such fucking higher rates. So to have the audacity to say like you're transphobic (laughs) or non-binary phobic, I'm like, I'm the fucking one who dates you. You're not going to have a straight fucking hetero guy dating this non-binary person unless he feels really comfortable about his identity. Like... Mm-hmm. It's more just like, how do people think that it's okay to comment on sexu- someone's sexuality? Like, where has that even come from? Why is that even an acceptable thing to do? Like, oh yeah, like, you know, are you really bi? Like, I think you're gay. Like, wh- why are you commenting on something else that's so personal to them? Yeah. Like, wh- what's or your like, do opinion you, gonna do fucking you prefer, change to do? do you prefer men or women then? Those sort of questions. Oh God, yeah, it's, frustrating. Yeah, I mean, that, that question is, so, there's a million things wrong with that question. Uh, that I could answer, but we don't have to go into that now. I mean, I, I've had a lot of uh, imposter syndrome, just like not feeling gay enough to be bi, not feeling gay enough to be pansexual. I had this amazing experience recently where, especially with my tickle and bondage fetish, where I have some friends over across the seas and um, one of them is non-binary and it really sort of established and, and solidified my my feelings in not being straight in being pansexual because obviously there are different types of love and different types of lust and attraction and really only being what i thought attracted to men but then also having feelings for women i i really realized that i was sexually attracted to men but romantically attracted to women it made so much sense when i looked at all the women in my life that i had been obsessed with or in love with um it was never sexual it was always like just that overbearing I need to be with you. I want to be with you. Um, And that was a huge life-changing moment of like not having to fit into this category of you have to date all these genders to fit in the bi or pan category. You can, it can literally be that you fancy or that you're sexually attracted to one type and then romantically attracted to another. Or, you know, like we haven't had the opportunity to be able to taste the flavors of the world. So like, how do we know? We can't know for a fact. Um, We can only just go based on what we Mm. think about, what we masturbate over, what we have feelings towards. And even then, something still might come out of the blue, like when, um, when trans was 
came more into the mainstream and that was like when I was in my teens and really realizing oh my god it's not just when men and women I want to get with it's there's there's so many people out there I was like oh what I need I, I wish sex education fucking sorted me out on that one my life would have been I swear a little bit more easy I swear <laughs> fucking sex education I, I wonder actually after the conversation that we've just been having it seems like society understands um, women being bisexual a lot more easily than male bisexuality why do you think this is? I'm not sure exactly why it is I, I don't know what the root of that is, is where porn? for some reason women's it, it just seems more accepted and more normalised I, I think there is I think it's is definitely is it just toxic masculinity to right? <laughs> I just said, I was just about to say, yeah, like toxic masculinity. I think it does have to do with toxic masculinity. I I think um, we don't allow men to kind of engage in like platonic intimacy with each other. The fact that like men have to say no homo to each other versus women do not say no homo to each other after, you know, hugging or whatever it is. Women have always been allowed to kind of have cuddle dates with each other and they're not gay and they're not bi. They're allowed to be more touchy. Versus men, it's like, oh, you touch another man, you must be gay. And I think we also just don't allow for any real exploration with men. And, you know, it's just like, okay, if you made out with a guy once while drunk, it's like, you must secretly be gay. You must secretly be bi. Versus, like, (laughs) if a woman got drunk and made out with another woman, no one would be like, oh, she's secretly gay. She's secretly bi. No one would question it. They're like, oh, that's really hot. No. It's, it's really hot, right? Be fetishized. So I think, honestly, what we need to do is allow for straight men to have more platonic intimacy without it being considered gay. Yes. And because of that, that would actually mm-hmm. allow for just like less homophobia, less biphobia, and then it will allow for more men to kind of openly embrace being bisexual. Yeah. Mm. I mean, a dude can fuck another dude and still not be gay. Like, yeah, sexual. That's like, something why that you just... Your behaviors do not like dictate your attractions you know there's gay for pay porn mm-hmm. uh, my boyfriend oh, he's yeah. gay and he has to some very cool opportunities to make a lot of money doing like these buy like porn like videos like yeah. not like regular porn it was like these Amazing. fashion bisexual things and i'm like mm-hmm. well i think we should practice before uh before you get there and not being able to fuck <laughs> this woman i think we should get you some viagra and i will call up some friends and i think <laughs> you should have sex with them because otherwise you're going to be on set and not going to be able to do this. And yeah, even if he successfully has sex with a woman, the man's not bi. The man is gay. He just likes fucking making money in his career here. You know what I mean? So yeah. (laughs) Is it about embracing like femininity as well? And not just because I think like a lot of men are like, they have to be like a man's man. Like, and they don't sort of take in any of their like feminine parts of their personality. I think that's definitely a part of it. And you still have a lot of bi men and, you know, quote unquote DL men. Um, Sorry, what's DL men? On the down low. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And these men, you know, present still stereotypically masculine and tough and all this stuff. And um, but then love getting fucked. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) yes, you can be a masculine bottom there. Like you don't have to. Being bi doesn't make you more effeminate, but it's definitely, I think for a lot of these DL men, very performative, their masculinity, because they feel like that's a way they reaffirm their manhood, despite the fact that they're having sex with men. Yet the irony is that like these two are actually two distinct entities here, right? It's not like your femininity has nothing to do with your sexual attractions. You can be in a very effeminate straight man. You can be a very masculine gay man. Um... Do they tend to be somewhat correlated? Uh, yes. Yes, they do. Although I don't think that's necessarily genetic. I think that's necessarily, uh, you know, it's society telling men how they're supposed to behave and even society telling gay men and, you know, being like, you should be a flamboyant queen because that's what it means to be gay. And I definitely have had some gay friends who were straight or, you know, before they came out. And yes, they were hiding elements of their sexuality. Um and their identity, but all of a sudden it's like they got a gay lisp once they came out as gay. And I'm like, you never had a lisp. And I don't know how you were hiding that aspect of your identity because a lisp seems like something you should have regardless. So I think, you know, even, even, even gay men are like, okay, well, I should be more effeminate or I should be this gay stereotype or trope when that might not even necessarily be them. So I think it's actually for both gay and straight men. 
So, Zach, what are the common myths when it comes to male bisexuality? Um, there are a few. I think the big one is that, you know, you're secretly gay. You're mm-hmm. using it as a stepping stone on the way to being gay. And the reason why that is so common is because many gay men do that. Um, it, it's not something that does, like, yes, a lot of men use bi on the way to being gay. That doesn't mean that every bi man does. And I do I wish gay men stopped doing that? Yes, although... but. Whatever it is, it's their journey, and if for some reason yeah. they feel more comfortable using this as a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. But if gay men didn't do that, I think it would be a lot easier for bi men. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's this idea of, you know, being uh, cheaters, uh, more likely to leave you for someone of another gender, oh, more yeah. likely to spread STIs, or to be... There's often, like, this, like, moral ambiguity yeah. that kind of goes along with being bisexual. Yeah. And I've seen that in media tropes where they have, like, the evil bisexual, where somehow, like... Yeah. Having a fluid sexuality equates to having like a Sleeping fluid around. morality, which mm-hmm. is a bizarre connection to make. Mm. Um, people people also say like, oh, I could never date um, someone who's bi because I'm too jealous because they're like, oh, they're just going to be attracted to everyone around you. Yeah, yeah it's also what this idea that? that we do fuck everyone. I do fuck yeah. everyone, but most bi people <laughs> are not fucking everyone. And no. also when that happens, I'm like, oh, don't worry, I'll just cheat on you with another girl. <laughs> but yeah, like, even like, like, you, like you guys forget that like oh yes straight men never cheat they, they never leave you for a, a younger the hotter fucking 22 year old when they have their midlife crisis it's like they, in the way they say this it's like yes people cheat people leave you it can happen to anyone under any circumstance but I also don't want to invalidate the fact that this shit does happen there are bi men who come out as gay there are bi men who do leave you for a person of the other gender but it's just like if you love this, it's a risk you take in terms of any relationship, things going yeah. wrong. You know what I mean? In terms of someone leaving you or breaking your heart or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and it just seems like not a not a reason to not date a bi guy. But I've also noticed it, it, there is a silver lining. At first I was very bummed out about it. But now it's like the people who are open mm-hmm. to dating bi guys are often by themselves. Mm-hmm. It's also honestly a proxy for the types of personalities and behaviors that I really like. They tend to be more yeah. open-minded. They tend to care less about gender roles. They mm-hmm. tend to be more open to the idea of polyamory or open relationships or all of these. It's almost like they've done the introspection. They've done the thing being like, oh, by and by doesn't mean all these negative stereotypes. It just means they like men and women. And we can now actually exist away from these heteronormative scripts because yeah. of that. So like it is... A cool silver lining, and that's why I always actually recommend that people put that they're bi on their dating profiles. I'm like, hey, you're going to get significantly less matches if you are a man. For a woman, it's different. You get fetishized, the, the unicorn hunting, all that shit. But as a man, you'll get 10%, like in terms of women, like 10% of the matches you used to get. Like it's going to go down exponentially. But those women that you do get will be so much better matches with you and then you don't also have to worry about being on the date and being like, when do I tell them I'm bi? What if they don't like me because I'm bi? What if they don't want to leave me? Because I think at first I was like, well, if they get to know me, then I tell them I'm bi, it's better and I can answer their questions. But yeah. that's not how it's been. It's just easier to just fucking do it from the get-go. If they swipe white, they they know what they're getting into. Yeah. And yeah, but I've met such quality, higher, I don't want to say higher quality of people. It's like a weird, I don't want to like describe people in that way, but at least for me, better matches, better open people, more explorative people, and people who have put in a lot of work into themselves and introspection and don't believe um, all the negative things that society has taught us about sex and relationships. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that. You know, this is yeah. off, off the diving board here, but um, I don't know if you guys have noticed a lot of stigma now towards the straight cis male. I'm seeing it everywhere. I'm seeing like, even in our conversation, be like, oh, just another white, white man, like middle-aged white man. Of course, it's it's still um, acceptable to take the piss out of shit like that because you're always allowed to rip into people that are more privileged, you know, like that have the privilege. That's the general rule. It's the general rule. I don't think we should do it the way we are doing it. Uh, no, I, I think it's, it's in it's our right to do it. It's going to push people the opposite way, right? It's going to push yeah, all we these know, cool uh, cis You know, males. white cis straight men are fragile. That's what, when we're yeah. making fun of them for being fragile. So they're yeah. going to respond super shitty because we know that's how they fucking respond. We're just egging them on. It's like, yes, we need to coddle them like babies because they are fucking babies. 
Like, even though they have the power and the privilege, like, I, I don't think us shitting on them, and I, I do this too. I shit on them too, and I need this stop. It's kind of low I, s- I do say, this, I'm just like, oh, it's a white, like, mm-hmm. just just another white Same. straight guy. <laughs> a white male. Which is not, not fair. fair. It's really not fucking fair, because there are a lot of white straight males out there mm-hmm. that are actually genuinely lovely, and they are genuinely yeah. trying. And, and they know, and like, I don't want to be like, oh, this is such a hard time to be a white cis straight man. It's like, no, they're doing <laughs> fucking fine. Like, like, let's, you know, they still have the privilege, they still have the power. But I do believe that all these jokes that we are making <laughs> is not helping anything. Uh, no. It just kind of comes off as passive aggressive, and it's just going to make mm-hmm. them more emboldened and more mm-hmm. entitled and more frustrated by us. And whether or not you believe that's our responsibility is one thing, but it's just like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think, again, I, I'm still someone who does it, but I, I don't think, I don't think it's helping the world. I'll, I'll leave it at that. No. But also, fuck these two. No. Uh, <laughs> Back onto the back onto the myths. Was was there any others that you thought? Um, a big one is you know STI spreading and HIV ah, spreading. Yeah. Um, and you know th- there are a subsect of DL men who absolutely have spread HIV and been that bridge. Mm-hmm. But like now, I think a lot of it comes down to if you are open about your bisexuality, you're less likely to spread. Again, I'm not a scientist. This is kind of from my reading and my research. I don't want to be quoted on this necessarily. But it's like, if you are on the DL, you're not getting tested, you're not using condoms, okay, then th- then mm-hmm. I think there's a higher risk of spreading uh, HIV and being that bridge. But if you're like, I'm someone who is on PrEP, you know, it's a daily pill that you take uh, that uh, decreases your chances of getting HIV by like 99.99%. Um, so I don't use condoms wow. with everyone. Um, but there is no fear of me passing on HIV to other people. So I think it really does not, it does not come down to, you know, being bi means you spread HIV. It means, A, are you wearing condoms? Are you open about your sexual identity? Are you open about your STI status and stuff like that? I think it's a when people are spreading STIs, I think a lot of it has to do with the shame, the shame of having gay sex and then not talking about yeah. it and then, uh, you know, spreading it to other people. Yeah. Well, this is why we just need to normalize the conversation around getting mm-hmm. to the sexual health clinic anyway. Like, everyone should be doing it like gay straight bi everyone yeah absolutely Uh, if you've got genitals if you're having any kind of sex not just penetrative you should be getting tested on the regular and it's not even just getting tested it's getting your results and if you do have something having having the courage to be able to tell your sexual partners because again getting Mm. an sti you've not done anything wrong there's this like weird idea that you're the bad person you're the one that's like caused this there's a lot of anger and emotion involved when really it should just be a conversation like shit man i've caught this like i want to make sure that you're safe and you're not passing it on to anyone else so just like I mean, you don't have to tell anyone that you think you've got anything. Wait till you get test results. Don't have sex in the meantime. Jesus fucking Christ. It's just all it is is you get a shot and take some pills and you don't have sex for a week. It, it's like... Yeah, that's it. It's, and the fact that we call it disease, I really like that we've switched to STIs, sexually transmitted infections, because yeah. it's like you don't call mm-hmm. a sinus infection a disease. Like this is a... Ba- mm-hmm. Gonorrhea, it is a bacterial infection. Chlamydia it is a bacterial infection. So is syphilis. You would never call... yeah. An ear, an ear infection, you know, a disease. Like the fact that that was just so stigmatizing in and of itself. Mm. Whilst we still have you here, um, we did want to talk about um, like men coming out as bi and whether there is more of a struggle to come out for men as bisexual and what your best advice would be for someone who is coming out. I mean, it's a struggle coming out as everything. I think by you, you have the added addition of a people often not believing you. Yeah. You know, when you have a flaming little gay boy come out as gay, no one's like, well, are you sure you're gay? You're like, no, no, he's he's gay. Uh, that, that, that seems pretty clear. Whether or not they accept them for being gay is a, another story. But the bi, which is different, is people will be like, well, are you sure you're bi? Mm-hmm. And, and that's very frustrating. Mm. Uh one thing I always recommend is not saying it like you have cancer. You know, I, I'm talking to people, they'll be like, they'll tell partners, they'll be like, I have something to tell you, like I'm bi. It's like, it, it, the, weirdly enough, the more casual you yeah. are in coming out and expressing it, the more casual their response will be. If you make yes. it seem like it's this big deal, they'll make it seem like it's this big deal. Yeah. I'd say don't feel entitled, or not entitled, don't feel obligated uh, to defend yourself. Hey, I didn't think bisexuality existed in men because I know this guy in college who identifies bi and then he was gay. I'd be like, okay. 
I, I, I no longer engage <laughs> no. in shit like this. Yeah. You don't have to engage in shit like this. Make them feel uncomfortable for asking that stupid <laughs> fucking question. Yeah. Like, it's like you, you don't have to defend yourself to anybody. And I've gotten much better being like, well, I heard bye, man, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'm going to go. Like, like, you can just leave conversations. You're a grown-ass person. Yeah. Um, so I feel like don't feel obligated to defend yourself. Don't feel... Like, you have to have everything figured out, you know, especially if you're coming out to your parents or something. Will this mean you're going to marry a man or a woman or you're going to sell kids? And you can just be like, mom, all this means is that I know I'm attracted to men and women and non-binary people. Yeah. That's all it means for me right now. As for the rest of it, I can't tell you. Yeah. And then no one can predict the future. I, I think a lot of people just have a lot of questions. And of course, you can do your best in answering the questions if you want to, but don't feel obligated to. Yeah. That's, a really That's great good advice. Point. Yeah, nice one. So, Zach, it's been amazing you coming on, and thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Where can our curious fuckers find you online and find your books? Uh, yes. Uh, so, finding me online, honestly, Instagram, Twitter is always solid. It's Zachary Zane underscore. There's underscore at the end. Some punk has Zachary Zane. He doesn't even use it. Ah, uh, um, what a and fucker! And then I know, ZacharyZane.com. Also, just Google Boy Slut and definitely subscribe to that publication. It is yeah. kinky, fun, erotica. You'll learn something about yourself. That sounds um, so my good. My mental sex book is coming out in uh, April. I'll do it. Follow me and I'll do a, be doing a ton of promo for that. And then my Boy Slut book will be coming out in like 2023. So you'll be... <laughs> All this stuff takes forever. Uh, so that, which will be a memoir manifesto, and I'm super excited for that. But that's a little bit down the line. Well, I'll we'll come back on the show in a year and a half and we can discuss that. Yeah. Then. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for doing the work that you're doing as well, because it's really awesome. Thank you for having me on. This was a lot of fun. What a pleasure it was to have Zach on the podcast. That was really awesome. Yeah, so nice to hear male bisexual men talking so openly about it because I feel like there's a huge gap in the online community, in the world, talking right. about sex. It's just, yeah. it's really refreshing. We need we need more bi men out there. Please, please, yeah. I beg of and you. And more men in general talking about sex and giving sex advice because, like, women can't do it all. No, we can't. <laughs> we can try. We, try, we can definitely try. We always try because we always fucking do it all. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh. Anyway, curious fuckers, please, if you loved this podcast, send it around. Send it to someone who might appreciate and enjoy this episode. Yeah. As well as make sure you give us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you like it, if oh, you yeah. do all the good things, comment, that kind of stuff. Because that gets it in more people's ears. Yeah, baby. And of course, if you want to follow our shit more, then you can just go on to Instagram, which is at Come Curious, as well as our personal accounts at Read Amber X and at Florence Bar. And this is on YouTube as well. So if you have listened to this in your ears Whoa. and you want to see what we look Whoa. like, it's on our YouTube channel, Come Curious. And we will see you all next Thursday, motherfuckers. We'll see you next Thursday, Curious Buggers. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. <laughs>